You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, uh, marketing, what B2B SaaS companies to be made. You're going for it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 27 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. My name is Mike. I am a product lead here at Kalungi and the host of this little shindig. Um, if you're in the recent kind of cohort of listeners that are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, it's really, really cool to have you all here. It's been really fun creating this community, and we really appreciate you choosing your spend, choosing to spend your time with us. Um, if you get you know value from this content, we'd really, really appreciate it if you shared it with someone else who you think would get value or um, write us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on that would go a long way in supporting us and telling us what you want more of um, or what you want less of. So yeah, thanks for being here. Today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, Stein pulls, pull, I guess calls an audible <laughs> a little bit um, and pulls out a topic that I think was top of mind for him in the moment. And we have uh, a candid conversation about it. I think it's really good. I don't want to spoil too much of it. Um, but it is surrounding the scenario where if you lead a team um, or, a, or you're a marketing leader and you're having an internal kind of review to check in on, on progress against campaigns and programs and you're looking for answers to questions where you are expecting a, an absolute number as the result, but maybe your team members are giving you something a little bit longer, maybe a slide deck or a few paragraphs um, uh, a longer answer than um, what you're expecting. This is a conversation for you. Basically, the thesis is that um, maybe you shouldn't be using slide decks for internal status report meetings um, and instead keeping everything just reporting out of a spreadsheet. But there are a few caveats to it as well. So anyways, I will uh, stop talking and uh, we can get into the content. Let's do it. Thank you, Mike, for uh, picking a, a topic uh, myself today. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this, and I know, you know it was not on your list, so I hope you can sort of roll with me here for a little bit. The topic is why I don't think uh, the use of slides, PowerPoint, Google Slides, or even written documents is a great you know, type of support material to run a sales meeting, a marketing meeting, a review, any form of sort of checking in on progress of marketing and sales is better serviced, I think, with a sheet with numbers, with basically a spreadsheet. Um, and here's why. <laughs> I've been in so many meetings in the last 20 years where some basic questions like how many MQLs did we get last week? Or how are we doing on... Um, registrations for the event how many people came to our webinar last week they are meant to give you a relative objective uh, view into the status of, of the marketing function the sales function and it is very easy for those questions to be answered with new questions instead of with an answer 24 MQLs would be the answer to the question, hey, how many MQLs did we get last week? Not 
an answer, you don't you don't want an answer with five sentences, right? Explaining maybe the situation or how things are improving or changing or or maybe often the answer includes some form of we don't know exactly what the definition of something is, right? The definition of an event or someone who showed up for a webinar, but people who registered or people who actually were there, people who were there till the end, you know? So I think in my experience, when you manage, when you lead a revenue function, either marketing, sales, customer success, or a combination of those, establishing a culture from out of the gate that a spreadsheet is kind of the way you manage things is very helpful. And it doesn't mean the numbers are going to be good or bad. They're just the numbers. And it's not about finger pointing. If, if anything, it, it removes some of the, the finger pointing between sales and marketing and customer success that sometimes happens because you're just looking at the reality of the data. And it's not about opinions. It's about the facts. And, and then what you can do with those, right? what you learn from them. So I'm very passionate about this. I, I also like to use a relatively straightforward, old-fashioned uh, type of spreadsheets. There's a, there's a concept called a bowler chart. It comes from lean manufacturing or Kaizen or those type of um, ways to measure, for example, how a production facility is, is operating and, and where are the bottlenecks in the production process, et cetera. Works very well for marketing and sales as well. Simple numbers both sort of what do you expect to happen next week what expect what happened this week and then next week you ask the same question what actually happened what are we expecting next week and having that for all the the numbers that sort of go into your marketing and sales and customer success um, funnel is super helpful and when i say all the numbers i, I don't mean you know a huge uh, a volume of numbers but a couple of very important numbers things like mqls meetings happened how many customer calls did we have in the customer success team, right? How many of those ended in a positive, for example, rating or things like that? I think having those numbers in a spreadsheet is really helpful to manage your marketing and sales. Uh, and then always ask your team to both report on actuals and report on what do they expect to happen next week. Because that drives a lot of accountability and just focus on the right things. And you know, something else I often say, Mike, everything you give attention grows. Mm -hmm. So it does help to just make that the first five or 10 minutes of every meeting every week. And, and then you, you have that focus right away. 100%. Uh, I have lots of thoughts on this too, um, because I've also, I, you know, I grew up under you as, as one of my largest mentors. And I've, you know, I've kind of followed a lot of your methods and techniques. And this, the, the, the spreadsheet one is one that I've struggled with for a long time, I think, because um, there's, I agree, I think there's a lot to be said about going into different, um, finding the actual numbers for each of these different, you know, leading or lagging metrics, right? And it forces you to actually go in and look at it and report on it once a week at a specific time, right? And capture that data. Now, the challenge that I've found with that is it's impossible for one person to do all of that. So you, you generally have a team of people going and, and pulling these numbers and compiling them somewhere. Now, the challenge with that method is that often there's no good way to audit that number. And I think that's where you're that pain that you're, you described earlier in, in this conversation where you ask a question like, how many 
x did we get this week? How many people actually, like, how many MQLs did we get, right? And sometimes there's a number, but I'll, I know maybe that the number is different. And so I'll ask, like, how, like, where did this number come from? And there's no way to really audit that number. So that's one of the limitations I've found with that method of having people kind of go in and pluck those because there's no there's no link to click to confirm or deny it or to say, okay, but who were those MQLs? What accounts were they? Who like who were the people? Where did they come from? Right? So one thing that I'll always that I always do moving forward with every spreadsheet I have is if there's a number attached to something, one, it has a very clear definition, it'll say, okay, MQ, let's say, you know, early access registrants for T2D3. The definition is somebody who filled out this form and I link the form so that somebody can go to our HubSpot instance and actually see the actual form. And it's this list and it's an active list on HubSpot that captures all those things. And then I have the number next to it that's in the spreadsheet and it says when it was last updated. But if anybody ever needs to go audit it, they can click the link and go and see the active list. So the two things I make sure is there's a definition next to it. It's very clear and understood. And then also a source link, because what happens is you're generally um, looking at all these different sources of data, right? Like we have the podcast, so there's, um, there's viewership metrics, but that only happens in our podcast host, which is Transistor. And then I have other things to report on. Some of it's in HubSpot, some of it's in other, you know, maybe it's in Google Ads. There's a bunch of different places that I have data that's kind of being captured. And so um, the thing that's nice about the spreadsheet is you can kind of compile a bunch of different sets together. Now, you just have to make sure that there's a clear definition and that there's a source link to it so that somebody can audit it so that I think that prevents a lot of the those kind of uncertainty questions that follow from it. And the last one that I will say is I think if you're gonna if you're getting those the the drawn out response or the question in response to your question, some of it may be um, <laughs> due to the fact that they're the number is probably underperforming as well, and it's a, it's a way to I guess protect yourself from having to report on a poor number. So I think creating a culture where people understand that because a number is low, it's not, you know, like the end all be all. It's just we need to understand the numbers so that we can make decisions to improve them or um, figure out, you know, is this the right number to be that we should be focusing on, right? So I think that's important to, to note as well. Is like creating a culture of like safety to actually report that your numbers aren't performing and that's okay. So, yeah, what are my thoughts? it's about shining a light on the numbers, Mike. And the reality is that marketers and salespeople often get away with some of the data issues, right? The definition not being clear, the source not being well understood, or not even available. Imagine you're running the branch of a, a small bank, a local you know, neighborhood bank, and you're not able to answer the question, hey, how many accounts did we open this week? Yeah. Or <laughs> not good. how many accounts have a balance that's not you know, above a certain threshold? Or you're running a local Michael McDonald's um, franchise, and you're not able to answer the question, how many Big Mac meals did we sell today, right? And, yeah. and the, the honest challenge for marketers is that walk into an average marketing status meeting 
and ask how many MQLs did we get last week, it's very, very unlikely that you get everybody in the room to give you the same answer. Yeah, right? 100%. And what I'm basically challenging my teams on is to not give up and to, to keep asking that question. Because, because what a lot of marketers do, they tend to kind of shove it under the rug or ignore it for a while until it comes up again. And then they create five PowerPoint slides to, to, to explain all kinds of things without answering the actual question. Uh, and I don't think that works. It's not a good reason for long-term success. And it's one of the reasons I think marketing um, executives have a lower tenure in their jobs than a lot of the, than the CFO or the, the, even the sales uh, leaders, because sales leaders don't get away with this as much as marketing. I think revenue numbers tend to have a, a higher accuracy level <laughs> because there's actually invoicing involved and, and money that flows into a bank account. Um, so that's why I think you should use a spreadsheet. And it doesn't, you know, replace your marketing automation. So your point, it's great to have a link in there on the cell like that says, hey, this is where you click and you find the actual HubSpot report or Marketo report that shows you the MQL numbers, right? Or in the case of sales, that shows you the, the, the revenue that came in. But nothing beats the um, the transparency level and the insight from a simple row of numbers. Of course, always in a time series. What was the number this week, last week, the week before? No ambiguity, good definitions, great point on that. Um, and the other thing that is really important, I think, people should not have to do a lot of preparation for this. This is how they should be running their day-to-day -day function anyway. The, the reason to have an answer, how many MQLs did I get last week? It's not because you happen to have a meeting with your boss or like a, a marketing weekly marketing check-in. It's because you should have it anyway. You know, you should be able to answer the question for your own good, right? Because you're running marketing or you're running sales. Um, then the other thing, I think when you, when you do the hard work of getting this discipline in place, it will save a lot of people a lot of time. Because writing down, building slides for me, it's not a good use of anybody's time. No, they're right. And I don't need someone to show up with five PowerPoint slides for an internal meeting. Use that creativity and the great design to do great proposals for external customers, right? And that's where you build your beautiful looking slides. Um, but yeah, internally, numbers, no words. Um, also, <laughs> often these answers, they always start with, they use words like more and many and some before, after, next, previously, right? All these, all these words that don't really, that don't, that don't define a lot of accuracy, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, that's one of my, uh, one of the hills that I sometimes choose to die on <laughs> by in a, in a running a marketing organization because there are always going to be challenges with the, automation and the tools and people will have different opinions on how to define certain numbers and that's not easy it's also a great way to go through you know how do you form a marketing organization as a team to get people aligned on all these things um but it's not easy it's not it clings it, it sounds much easier than it is to do this marketing operations is a critical function in a company i think or sales operations combination I don't think it requires a huge amount of people, but you have to have someone in the team who, who understands data to really own this, to make it easier for a marketing leader or a sales leader to have access to the right data and the right numbers without having to put a lot of, do a lot of data gymnastics to like export things from one system and reformat them, et cetera. Yeah. 
and also understand how they're connected together. I think a lot of times people try to create this, that slide deck that you're talking about in preparation for having to report on a poor number because they want to say, look, this number isn't working, but here I have the plan. And a lot of times, uh, I, you know, when I've been the marketing leader for the customers that I've worked with, I actually want to have that conversation with my, my team member. I don't want the plan. I want to create that with you because in a lot of cases you have to, you have to ask why a bunch of times and um, whoever's managing that data needs to understand how all the things connect together. So I always like to use this um, this analogy. I saw it in some, I don't, there was a TED talk. I don't know who it's by. I'll try to attribute it in the, in the show notes, but it's basically this, it's called the leaky pipe conundrum. And so mm -hmm. it's like this idea that if there's a, there's a pipe leaking and it's, there's a puddle on the floor, like, what do you do? A lot of people would say like, you know, you get a mop and you mop up the, the puddle. And it's like, okay. Um, but the, you know, the person who's really trying to figure out what the problem is would say, well, where's the water coming from? It's coming from the pipe. Okay. So I'll, you know, I'll wrap up the pipe. Okay. But actually, you know, what if the water pressure is too high and next week the, the wrap job that you did just bursts again. Okay. So now I need to go adjust the water pressure. Okay, cool. So I go into the boiler room. I turn the pipe down or the valve down a little bit. Now the water pressure is better. But actually, it's the regulator. The regulator is broken, so it doesn't matter where I turn the lever, the water pressure is always going to be too high. So you have to keep asking these like continual, progressive questions. Why do we even still need water, maybe? There you go, yeah. <laughs> Can we turn it's it just off completely? Fly to Mars. Um, but, but you have to ask these questions to really figure out what the root of the problem is. And if you have someone who's just reporting on data and not actually like understanding which data point could be affecting the downstream component of it, it sometimes isn't helpful. So I guess that's that's my point, um, yeah. is that it, whoever is managing that needs to not just be like looking at the number and plugging the number in, but really asking like, why is this number lower? Is that significant? Is it insignificant? Is it okay? Um, yeah, there's kind and of And that's why you have a marketing leadership team, review meeting, weekly check-in, to have that conversation. So you want the five minute start of the meeting to be, let's look at the numbers, let's make sure they're accurate. So that takes not a lot of thinking, it's just, you know immediately because you have good access to data. And then you can use the valuable time to ask, why are we seeing certain things go up or go down and have very meaningful discussion about that, that drive new insights but not spend a lot of time debating, you know, what the number is, why it's why it's sort of maybe inaccurate or what the definition is. Um, yeah, and, and then also don't use a lot of time preparing like PowerPoint slides and things like that. Use the time in the meeting to discuss the numbers and what they mean, you know, and why are they important. Yeah, and also I think we touched on this in like a previous podcast episode, but I just want to make, make the note that you don't necessarily need to keep every single one of those numbers in your bowler chart, as you like to say, like you don't need the, the health of the regulator. You don't need the water pressure. You don't need the, you know, gallons per minute flowing through the pipe. You don't need the number of drips on the floor. You just need, uh, is the floor dry and maybe a couple more, but you don't have to necessarily keep track of everything that just takes too much time and effort, but you need to know, um, when to recognize when there is a drip on the floor to, so it's enough of a, a red flag for you to go investigate it, right? It's just keeping um, 
enough of the the operations on your dashboard so that you you know when to go kind of give attention to it. Yeah, that's. A, I heard someone. I don't remember who. Otherwise, I will. I'll find out and attribute it correctly. But someone said you have measurable KPIs, manageable KPIs, and actionable KPIs. And you know, I read I read it in a blog somewhere. I, I don't know where, but. Measurable KPIs are what comes closest, I think, to when we use OKRs to key results, right? For example, MQLs, things that are meaningful outcomes that you feel are kind of the reason you have certain functions, right? Measurable KPIs, key results would be what sort of jumps off your dashboard as your monthly or weekly sort of performance metric. Are you, are you tracking against the right outcomes? And then manageable KPIs are the things that maybe lead to those measurable outcomes that you manage on a daily basis and you make decisions on them. You make decisions to do a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. Uh, so you can optimize the business. Um, and then there is something called actionable KPIs, which are, you know, immediate sort of triggers. Uh, like, for example, your conversion rate of your website sessions traffic into contacts goes down super actionable right because the, the first thing you now need to do is to see hey is the, is the web page even still operating correctly right or is is the form not firing right and so there's i think these three levels of kpis that are um and measurable key results is what warrants i think to be on your your all up leadership dashboard maybe your monthly maybe your weekly meetings and then the manageable and actionable KPIs are much more the things that you track daily where you maybe even have triggers that you know when they turn red you do something right uh, I think that's another way to, to think about these different um, things that you use to manage the, the operations also to be clear we're not advocating for not ever using slides when you're reporting because I think there are scenarios where you do want to use slides you just want to also have the spreadsheet behind it if you're presenting a new idea or you're presenting a plan that requires a, nice, a timeline, you know, or something where the, where, the, where the slides have a functional role to play, but they're not meant to replace just answering a question, how are we doing with our numbers, with our results? Right. Maybe put the spreadsheet on the slide. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Mike. <laughs>